Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, your podcast for everything smart cities, action, investment, and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck, and I'm the host of the Chronicles and my day job executive director of the Smart Cities Council here in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, episode 68 today, uh, we head over to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and our guest today is Deborah Lamb. Uh, I've known Deborah for quite some time. She's currently managing director. Uh, for Smart Cities and Inclusive Innovation at uh, the Georgia Institute of Technology. Deborah, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Adam. Um, Deborah, let's start with uh, with a little bit of an overview of who you are. Our listeners are scattered all over the world. What uh, what uh, What's your day job and what keeps you busy? Um, sure, absolutely. So um, as, as you mentioned, I um, oversee smart cities and inclusive innovation here for Georgia Tech. Um, uh, it's a newer created position, but the, the mandate is to really drive external um, multidisciplinary research um, for community impact um, and, and using, you know, the smart cities uh, kind of toolkit around technology and data. Um, to to support that process, we um, we we met years ago when we were both uh, both at Arup in the private sector. Um, but your your career is is kind of um, dipped in in and out of uh, academia. Um, but uh, after Arup, you you're off at the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, working in the mayor's office, uh, chief of innovation and performance. Can you give me a give me a quick sort of um, uh, sort of debrief on how you've kind of gone from sort of, you know, six plus years in private sector consulting uh, off to a sort of quite a, a str- strategic and senior level within uh, um, uh, a municipality and, and now into academia. How, how has that journey gone for you? Oh, yeah. I, I actually credit Arab a lot for, for that foundation. I'm sure you, you would agree. We had a I had a great experience at Arup in terms of that foundation building, working with some of the world's best engineers. I got put on some really innovative and exciting projects. Um, and, and that kind of really allowed me to get a foundational understanding of, of some of the, the same kind of themes that, that we continue to do around resilience, sustainability, um, strategic, strategic development. Um, you know, climate change. Uh, so it was a really good foundation um, in terms of how to apply that. Um, but like like any uh, management consultant, um, as, as you would appreciate, we, we are, are given the breath um, to do many, many things um, and run very, very quickly. But ultimately, the implementation um, uh, sits at the local government or, or the client level, mm. um, if you will. Um, and so, you know, after uh, working at Arup for, for a while, I was given this really unique opportunity um, at Pittsburgh to, to implement many of the ideas that I recommended as a consultant. Um, and so uh, it, was, it was something that I really wanted to try, um, you know, in a sense that even if, if uh, the recommendations failed, I would, I would know why and how. Um, and so the city of Pittsburgh under, under still the current mayor, um, Mayor Peduto, um, at, at that point he was newly elected, um, had an offer to be the chief of innovation and performance um, in, in the city. And it was uh, obviously an executive um, 
a cabinet level where I um, had a chance to oversee all, all technology, sustainability, data, um, digital communications, um, and, and performance for the city. Um, so it was very much cross-cutting um, application-based um, in terms of we had the back-end operational um, responsibilities of keeping the lights on, um, if you will, and, and ensuring the, the tech was running. Um, and, and one of the things about tech is um, you don't think of it until something goes wrong. Um, and so, you know, for the most part, we, we were the silent um, kind of um, uh, operators, if you will, to ensure just the systems were going forward. But then there was also um, an external uh, driven component in terms of how we looked at innovation and, and how data could really inform our decision making as, as a city and, and start thinking more strategically about how to uh, use innovation for um, the, the betterment of, of all citizens. Um, and, and so it was a, a really exciting time um, to be in Pittsburgh. It still is um, under Peduto's leadership. They're, they're still doing some really great things. Um, and then now, obviously, I, I'm, I'm at uh, tech uh, in, in a similar uh, role, um, but really thinking it from the research impact side. Is that, um, has that been a big adjustment for you or was there kind of like a, just a, a seamless transition? Um, yeah, I think the main thing is, um, it's just sectors, right? So I don't think, I think you and I are, are, of the same elk in terms of where we still fight the good fight in terms of sustainability and and livability and and uh, whether we do it in the private sector or in local government or um, in nonprofit or or in the university, you know that that's that's us doing the same thing. Um, but we have to be sensitive to what sector um, um, we are we are at and and how to kind of bring and harness that agencies um, um, strengths uh, to do it. But ultimately, uh, I believe, um, and I know you do too, in the importance of partnerships. So whether I'm at the local government, I will seek partnerships externally. Whether I'm at the university, I would do the same thing. Um, and it's, it's kind of uh, continuing to, to fight the good fight. I, um, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by um, those those four key words within sort of your purview at Georgia Tech: smart cities and inclusive um, in, innovation. I, I want to unpack that a little bit, but before we do, um, just quickly, what's what's sort of been the journey um, of um, sort of the smart cities and inclusive innovation um, sort of program? I mean, did it exist? It was it was it new when you came there? How old is it, and where did it come from? Um, so I would say, and, and you might have discussed this in your other podcasts, is I don't think smart cities as the concept is, is necessarily um, a new term um, in terms of uh, us trying to utilize um, the latest technology to um, improve the quality of life. It's, it's a term that's, you know, been more cemented. Um, and, and there's also, you know, no, no clear definition around it. Um, but how we've defined it at Georgia Tech um, is, is one that's based on 
frankly, the learnings and, and the mistakes of, of other um, initiatives, uh, you know, in terms of speaking as a technical university, one, um, realizing that, you know, technology is, is very important, but it's not the end-all be-all. It's not the silver magic bullet solution um, mm. to solve every, every problem. Um, so, you know, tech's, tech's been around for a long time. We've always utilized technology as part of our solutions, as part of our teaching, as part of our training, um, and as part of our applied research. Um, but it, it really does evolve um, in terms of just us, um, you know, being the, the most knowledgeable partner and just dictating the terms to one that's just part of a wider toolkit and solutions, you know, and, and that toolkit comes with new business models, new public policy, governance, technology, um, applied data analytics, um, and really what localized toolkit is most appropriate for the community, meeting them where they are, for them to be empowered to then apply um, technology and similar solutions to improve their quality of life. And I think that's, that's been a shift in thinking for a lot of us in this space um, in, in terms of trying to figure out um, that localized empowerment. So am I right in saying, Deborah, that you're kind of sitting in between sort of uh, the, the, the academic teaching and the research and then the relationships between Georgia Tech and its external partners? Can, can you sort of, where do I slot you in there on sort of the org chart? I mean, you're not, uh, you're not a teaching sort of group, are you? Or are you? Mm, yeah, so I think that's important to note. Um, so I think it's, it's something that we've emphasized is that we really want to do multidisciplinary research. So smart cities doesn't live in any one particular college or school or discipline. Um, you know, it's, it's engineering plus public policy plus uh, interactive computing. You know, it, it's a range of different um, disciplines coming together um, and, and forcing that kind of multidisciplinary research when, you know, it's often much easier to just work within the, your own group and your the people that you know. Um, but then the second forcing mechanism is forcing it outside of any one lab or, you know, th theoretical work and trying to harness it externally um, for community impact and how it, that would be done in terms of real world test beds and live-in laboratories um, in the partnership. So the, there's two kind of um, layers to kind of uh, dive through. So definitely, you know, I work very closely across the board internally within the university and, and you know, really uh, goes back to the Arab days. You know, there, there are subject matter experts. You know, there are, there are people that are, are very knowledgeable um, or, you know, have very senior expertise in terms of different engineering verticals or, or solutions. Um, but then uh, really think of it in yourself as, as the bridge or the integrator um, to connect it um, internally, but also externally. So it, it really is 
trying to make an impact and a difference. Yeah. Okay. And on impact, let me come back to that issue um, that I wanted to touch on, which is the the second sort of part to the to the name there, smart cities and inclusive innovation. So, talk to me about this inclusive innovation idea. You know, many of the smart cities critics are those that um, cite the fact that you know this is an agenda that doesn't respect people. It's not human centered. It's technology before humans. Um, that's a, that's a, that's sort of a, a pretty, um, a pretty matter of fact sort of statement position, uh, agenda that you've, uh, you've in, in, in sort of embraced in your smart cities, um, sort of work there. Talk to me a bit about, uh, in, inclusion and, and if I may, by extension, um, you know, there's, there's certainly, uh, there's certainly folks around the world that potentially, may not know deeply sort of the the the, the history the african american history around particularly atlanta um knowing it a little bit myself talk to me about how social inclusion and equity weaves its way into innovation and therefore your smart cities work yeah um so i think the way that you describe smart cities was was some of our our mistakes in the earlier waves of of smart city development um in a sense that we were we were trying to chase these silver bullet solutions at all expense and in, in that case you know honestly a lot of the so-called smartest cities in the world were some of the most inequitable um and, and that's something that we we have to you know um, own and, and, and try to really uh, uh, reconcile, um, you know, in, in these subsequent waves of, of development. Um, and and some part of this reconciliation is understanding that, again, who is, who is this for in terms of benefiting, who is making the decision, and, and, and how it's all coming together, right? Um, and if technology uh, and again, data analytics and those kind of solutions is harnessed in a way that allows more people to be a part of it, more people to be beneficiaries, more people to be owners um, and responsible for the operations and the outcome. That's kind of where we want to get to. Um, you're trying to lower the barriers rather than raise them um, in, in this process. Um, and I, I see that... Um, nowhere more pronounced now than than in, in our global pandemic mm. right um mm. in the sense that we we in the community have always noted that connectivity is is super important it's a vital infrastructure it's it's just a a, a fifth leg if you will it's similar to running water electricity you know why aren't we really put in the infrastructure um, in expenses or, or, or investments um, into connectivity um, in a sense that at, at, at this stage, we still have parts of, of Georgia um, inside Atlanta that uh, have very weak um, connectivity mm. um, and, and really, uh, you know, that, that's surprising given, given where we are in terms of our development levels. Um, and the connectivity disparity, you know, really breaks down around geography, around social economic lines, around some of the demographics um, that, you know, run on core with a lot of other indicators. 
So when you add that to the need right now for more distance learning and remote uh, working, you know, those inequalities come out even more strongly. Um, and so this is kind of the, the greater conditions that we find ourselves in that really is providing, I think, an impetus for further work um, that needs to be done in this space. Yeah. I, um, I want to ask you about um, Atlanta itself, kind of like your, your host city there, that, you know, the, the place within which, you know, your institution and your work you know, is, is sort of situated day in, day out. I remember my first, um, my first trip to Atlanta was 2013. I just moved to the West coast of the U S and I was at the American planning association co uh, conference. So as, as an urban planner by trade, um, you know, going to new cities, of course, is very exciting and walking around. Um, and 2013, uh, I'm trying to sort of rewind a little bit back to that moment in time. Uh, and, and I didn't know Georgia Tech then, um, but I, I spent, I think I extended my, my stay a couple of days after the conference and I was there for about five days all up. And um, it was, it was really uh, just um, so f fascinating is probably the word, you know, I, I, I walked the majority of the Beltline um, as it, as it was sort of, you know, uh, emerging in, in, in some parts, um, Pont city market was kind of under development. And as part of the conference, we got to sort of tour it. Um, I then headed over to what would have been, I think just West of the stadium, the old stadium and, uh, English Avenue, Vine city, the historical, um, African-American sort of colleges. Um, as a as a city and a place undergoing you know some some real radical urban redevelopment regeneration um as an urban planner it was just it was exciting and fascinating how much has the 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 role of atlanta's physical change as a city influenced any of your work if at all Um, that's a good question. I think I, I'm newer to Atlanta, as you know, so I, I can only speak just based on, on the past couple of years that I've been in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, what, what's great about Atlanta um, is, is that it, it really is resilient. Mm. Um, you know, the, the symbol of Atlanta is, is the phoenix rising from, from the ashes, if, if you will. Um, mm. and, and I think that's some, it's a quality that I, I really appreciate for all cities. Um, you know, in times of, again, predicted and unpredicted um, impacts that, that would happen with any city, you know, how much can the city uh, withstand, evolve, and come out better? Um, and I think time and time again, um, you know, Atlantis has proven its resilience um, and, and the, the fact that you, you name some of these historic markers and, and, and kind of places um, denotes that, you know, Atlanta, despite all these changes, um, uh, remains honest to, to itself in, in terms of, you know, what, what it, it is good at, but what it still needs to do better on. Um, and, and still resilient in the face of a, a lot of change. 
yeah. um, or expected to, you know, be be one of the few cities um, in, in the U.S. that that's going to go through um, an enormous population growth mm. um, in the next coming years. You know, we have the world's busiest airports. We have major um, uh, corporations um, that kind of are, are so-called local but are global um, in terms of its, its reach. Um, but at the same time, as, as you alluded to earlier, we still have a lot of issues um, and things that we are not proud about. Um, everything stemming from our inequality to you know, how, how we um, you know, dealt with certain issues. Um, so th- those are things that we as a community are, are still constantly working on. Um, but, uh, you know, coming back to the smart cities efforts, I think what's really interesting about Atlanta is is that we start to see um, that wider toolkit in terms mm. of what are the different technologies and innovations that allow us to be more accountable and be better, um, and and how can we address some of these systemic challenges. Um, and how can we move towards these larger goals of, you know, improving the human condition that, that you know, that the mayor um, is, is very committed to and, and some of these, these equitable um, issues. Um, the second thing I would say also is that, you know, and I think this is some of the, the, the effects for your listeners is, you know, we live in Atlanta in the state of Georgia. Um, and in the state of Georgia, there's, there's obviously one, uh, you know, larger Atlanta city, but, you know, the state also has many other communities as well. Um, and I think sometimes we, it's a little bit misleading when we say smart city, we mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, who, what, it, what is the large mega city? And, and let's focus all our resources and attention on that. When the concept of smart city and, and community to us is, is actually more of a continuous improvement process, right? That, that I spoke to earlier that really does not limit um, it on size or geography or certain development levels, right? It's, it's meeting the community where they are and then figuring out what, what set of tools can be empowering for them to improve the quality of life. So we really made a focus at Georgia Tech to ensure that smart city and smart community development happens in all sizes of, of cities and communities and neighborhoods and towns. Um, and, and we've really made efforts through our Georgia Smart Community Challenge work to provide those opportunities and those developments so that, that we are working with Atlanta um, because that, that is where we are based and, and are first and foremost, but we also aren't forgetting about everyone else in terms of the the other communities i'd like to pick up on the challenge um that's one of two things i'd like to um uh, dig into a little bit um tell us more tell listeners more about the, the 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 challenge that what it must be a good couple of years it's been running now yeah yeah we're we just opened our application for a third round third round okay and um, uh, share with us sort of the core, the core sort of outcomes, goals of, of that Deborah and sort of what, uh, what outcomes are being realized. Yeah, yeah. And, and certainly we're not the only challenge. At, and I want to give credit to many others, and including Smart Cities Council has, has some really good readiness 
grants and, and opportunities for communities of all sizes. And, and we, we take a lot of good inspiration and learnings from, from a lot of these other initiatives. Um, this one, we focused really on our, our locality. You know, Georgia Tech is a public university. We are focused more on, on Georgia and, and thinking how we can uh, support, um, again, communities of all sizes in Georgia um, to go through a, a smart development kind of growth. Um, and so we uh, devised the challenge after going through uh, a nine month kind of listening tour or engagement to basically understand, you know, what are the needs of the communities? Are they interested? If they, they do they want to get involved? What do they know about? And, and from that engagement, we heard a couple of things. One is that they, they do want to get involved, but they sort of what I talked about earlier, they didn't think a lot of this was something that they could do. It, it was kind of not, not for them. And two, you know, they did, they weren't able to get a lot of information um, about this, this type of work. It, it kind of it, it excluded them. Um, and so it kind of went back to your earlier point about inclusive innovation. So how can we create something that is more open um, for more communities to get involved and, and kind of work with them um, a, a, a to develop um, uh, opportunities? Um, so we opened up the challenge that was a year-long um, engagement uh, for communities to develop and implement their smart community project, essentially with technical and financial assistance. And something that we're very committed to through our uh, uh, coalition of partners um, across the state. Um, it includes, you know, the state agencies from economic development and community affairs to our local government groups, uh, municipal association and the county commissioners to our uh, industry groups, uh, the, the Georgia and, and Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce and the Technology Association of Georgia to our, our utility uh, Georgia Power and, and um, the Planning Commission um, and, and the regional um, uh, commissioner groups. So a, a really broad coalition um, that, that came together with the intention that, you know, we wanted to lift, lift all communities um, around smart cities and smart development uh, and one that we would position uh, with research. Um, so this is something Again, from the Georgia Tech perspective, you know, how can we ensure that there is research partnership and that they are part of the team from the very beginning um, and, and can be in a position to support and guide accordingly with, with the local government at, at its home. Um, and with this, you know, the, the communities started to put their own own investments in, you know, so we, we provide some, they provide some, it, it really becomes its own, own organic kind of um, growth, if you will. Um, so we, we, you know, select a cohort that each project that's different. Um, there's not one winner, but four winners, um, each with a different case study, so they can learn from each other, but also become a model for others. Um, and we, we just graduated our first class, we're on our second class, and we are um, having open applications for our third class. And um, your, your applicants, well, your, your winners, um, 
is, is it fair to say um, that they're, they're kind of city led, but they bring their own sort of multi-sector coalition of partners with them or, or who, who are the, who are the sort of, you know, the, the, the winners, what do they look like? Uh, Absolutely. Typically? Exactly yeah. how you said it. It's, it's, you know, we realized again, when we say a smart city or smart community, it cannot be done by the singular local government. Mm. Uh, it is very much done in a coalition and, and we have encouraged that, that formation. Um, where, you know, that local community knows best. Um, and so it's, it's led certainly by the local government, but then they, they pull in the local foundation, the startup, the school district, the business community, you know, whoever, whoever needs to be part of it. Um, and and they, they together develop the plan and with the Georgia Tech researcher um, to implement. Um, and it, it becomes a pretty competitive process, but you know, that, that development, um, is also valuable in it by itself, mm. um, in, in that regard. And then, um, once they're selected, uh, you know, they, they kind of hit the ground running, if you will, um, trying to do this. And, and again, what makes this interesting, um, and you know, this, that in the smart city space, there's, there's a lot of, um, prized models, if if you will there's 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 very good examples of you know this this one city's doing something great or this one community has some really great things you know something to be said about the georgia model is, is that we have eight projects across the state you know eight different communities doing some really great stuff and that creates a really um a strong ecosystem for us to move forward to you know we we want to kind of spread the this development so that there is no one singular model, um, but there is there is a, a slew of different models for application and further development and refinement and, and shared learnings. Deborah, you've got a, um, a, a very broad portfolio of projects um, that, uh, that are underway. Um, one of my favorites um and i'm just when, when i say it's one of my favorites um just from sort of what i've read and seen and and of course i want to hear a little bit more now from you in person but um just just before i do that for, for those uh for those listeners that are in front of a browser um you can head to uh the, the website uh smartcities.ipat ipat dot gatech.edu um smartcities.ipat.gatech.edu um so my favorite i think is this smart community core mm. um and you know i'm i'm very familiar with um coming up through the ranks of um particularly sort of environmental planning and environmental science you know that that we we've had uh and i think we still do in places like australia we have the you know, the green army and the green core and it's, you know, certain, um, uh, you know, certain sort of, uh, it, it's, it's like this sort of young enthusiastic cohort that are either in school or have just left and, you know, they get deployed and they plant trees and a whole range of things. So this idea of sort of the core for good, um, is, is certainly something we're familiar with. And when the first time I saw the, the smart community core, I kind of, I kind of thought, Oh my God, what a, 
what an amazing, you know, what, what better kind of program than to sort of send young, fresh, smart cities minds off into sort of communities and cities to kind of, you know, help fight the good fight and, you know, um, and, and so on and so forth. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, um, uh, that, that, that program and is it literally how I'm interpreting it? Then it's sort of like a, yeah, like no, a, it's, an it's, army of smart cities enthusiasts going off and helping. Well, it goes back to maybe you and I, I know we've had these conversations like, you know, ultimately you can learn about smart cities in the classroom or you can do it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right? And like, how, how do you train that or educate that and, and develop the next generation of leaders? You know, how do you get another atom <laughs> yeah. without you know oh having to recreate your DNA, if you will? Like, how how do you groom that to ensure that you do have proper leadership um, dealing with some of these projects? Because by all accounts, there will be more smart city type projects, and we need to be in a better position to uh, work on those and guide those. Right. So it goes back to that concept but also where we come in, again, this goes back to the different sectors, as a university, right? At the heart of it, we, we are that training education ground in, in terms of young people, uh, you know, different, uh, uh, different walks of education um, stages. So, you know, we should be in a position to um, further provide those opportunities for our students to be on the forefront of working on these smart cities projects, getting that experience and hopefully be in a position to make it better, um, you know, the second time or the third time around as, as they keep doing it. The other aspect of this is for some of these communities, um, you know, they don't necessarily have the capacity or yeah, the expertise yeah. or, mm. or, you know, that, that those kind of resources um, to do that. And, so this really creates a win-win opportunity, if you will, for the students to get real world experience around smart cities, have a really unique opportunity. Um, and, you know, before they find themselves, you know, in an Amazon or a Facebook, you know, how about going somewhere um, in, in middle Georgia and working on a smart city project and, and getting that type of experience. And then for that, you know, middle Georgia community, be able to, um, play a role at, and get that kind of experience um, and expertise that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. And, and, and that point you raise is just, and I think that was one of the key reasons I was so attracted to this concept is that, um, you know, cities all around the world often cite that one of the biggest barriers to them being able to sort of, you know, act and invest more in smart cities is that just there's a lack of resources and I couldn't think there's just such a win-win there, which, uh, which you've, uh, which you've highlighted. Um, okay. That's, um, uh, that, that's great inspiration. I'd love to see more smart community core sort of programs pop up around the world. Um, so Deborah, we're, we're sort of coming to the end now. I wanted to, um, and this is a, this is a, a challenging question at the moment. You know, we asked this of all of our guests, kind of you know what does 2020 look like what are you looking forward to um how how do you begin to sort of answer that question for me when i ask you um what are you excited about in 2020 moving forward um yes so uh, again we live in these extraordinary times i i really hope we utilize this uh crisis if you will 
to look at redefining and rethinking how we uh, live, play, and work in communities um, and utilize this as an opportunity to uh, change the way that we've been, been doing those things. Yeah. Is, um, is sort of at a, at a more personal level is uh, you've got, uh, I think I heard some little footsteps running around there. You've got, um, you're in lockdown at home. You've got little people as well. Yes. I have very little people that aren't necessarily, um, they're, they're a bit too young for distance learning. <laughs> so we, we have to be very resilient at an individual level as much as we are resilient as a city and, and a community. But I, I do think a lot more about um, personal resilience in, in this time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I wanted to thank you, Deborah, so much for carving out some time in uh, your your calendar to speak to us today. Thanks so much for joining us on the Chronicles podcast. Thank you. And for our listeners, that was uh, Deborah Lair, Managing Director for Smart Cities and Inclusive Innovation at Georgia Institute of Technology based over in the United States. Uh, for our listeners that aren't subscribing to the Chronicles, you can do so. Head to your favorite platform or place, wherever you get your podcasts, you will find us there, the Smart Cities Chronicles. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com for all of our episodes and contact details. Until the next episode, uh, wishing everyone good health and optimism. We look forward to bringing you another episode of the Chronicles very shortly.